You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and I'm by myself today. The co-host, Charles Chuck Thompson, is not here. If this is your first time listening, we'll go back and listen to yesterday's episode instead. That'd be fine. We're getting all the stuff ready for Dumb Bleep of the Year, so that's going to be really fun. We're going to actually have some people that listen. If they want to, they'll be able to come on and explain what their vote is and why when we go through those final choices and so this is your last chance today to go to joingmail.com so you can come and hang out. Although, I mean, come on, that's it's not quite as cool as all the people who have been here suffering through and doing all this voting the whole time. So let's, uh, let's talk about this article. I told everyone that the people that are hanging out with me, which I gave them 15 minutes notice that I was going live today, and that I have a short amount of time. I'm going to do one article because it has to be done didn't make it in any of our Dumb Bleep episodes or anything like that. Uh, it really should have been in there yesterday, but I didn't have time to go through it. Some people tagged it, tagged us on Twitter, sent it over, and it got put in the, the uh, Dumb Bleep channel in the private Discord group as well. So we're going to talk about this article from the San Francisco Chronicle. The San Francisco Chronicle. Well, let's put this up over here. I've just got my browser window open. So from Keith Humphreys, I don't know anything about Keith, all right? So I, I could make some false assumptions. I don't know. I would say that this is coming from a left perspective. It is the San Francisco Chronicle, although I've heard a lot of people on the right talking out against libertarianism earlier, so it wouldn't even surprise me if it was coming from someone on the right as well. If anyone's done any digging on Keith Humphreys, I could have done that, but instead I was looking up a bunch of other stuff. This one is called No... Soft on crime liberalism isn't fueling San Francisco's drug crisis. Libertarianism is. Libertarianism is what is fueling San Francisco's drug crisis. You heard it here first, folks. All right, let's go through this amazing, this amazing article right quick. By year's end, 2022 will be the third year in a row that drug overdoses claim the lives of more San Franciscans than COVID. The problem 
has longer and deeper roots than many realize, extending into the past and present culture of the city by the bay. Many conservative commentators attribute the city's drug problems to its political liberalism. It's political liberalism, but this is incorrect. Now, it's it's important to note also that when we say liberalism, we are not talking classical liberalism, which is where you know, many of the libertarian roots come from. This is the new form of liberalism where they're liberal with other people's money and other people's freedoms, that kind of thing. Your leftism, that is what they are talking about right now. And so the conservative commentators are attributing this to its political liberalism, but this is incorrect. San Franciscans liberalism is why the government offers genuous, generous health and social care services without which overdose deaths would be higher not lower. So they talk about the liberalism is actually what's trying to help these poor folks that are in San Francisco. It's the last thing that's keeping people alive, really. Those services, by the way, the services that the government offers to people who are addicted to drugs, who are out on the street and these open drug scenes, all of that, the services they offer, they might not be incentivizing people to do drugs, but they're definitely not disincentivizing people from doing drugs. Let's just be honest about that, too. So going on in the article here, what bedevils the city instead is its libertarian, individualistic culture. That's right. San Francisco, the libertarian mecca. You just, you just can't stop the libertarians from going over there to San Francisco, right? Since at least the 19th century, Americans have come to San Francisco to be free of traditional constraints back east to reinvent themselves, to escape the small-mindedness of small towns, and to find themselves. This culture underlies the city's entrepreneurialism, artistic energy, and tolerance for diversity in all forms. But this has a downside when it comes to addiction, which thrives in such an environment. San Francisco has long been one of the booziest cities in the country, as measured by the amount of bars per capita, percentage of income spent on alcohol, the psychedelic drug revolution and much of the cannabis culture were born in the Bay Area. The new crisis around fentanyl is not as novel as portrayed. Heavy use of substances has always been part of how San Francisco defines freedom and the good life. But while addictive substance use brings short-term pleasures, it brings long-term misery and a reduction in freedom. You see, libertarianism, they're just worried about short-term pleasures. They don't worry about long-term freedom, not even personal responsibility like that. Oh, sorry, let's go on with the article. The libertarian assumption that given freedom and tolerance, everyone will rationally and productively pursue their self-interest cannot explain why a starving person would, for example, forego food in exchange for fentanyl or cocaine. Now, let's take this article, let's take that little part apart right quick. The libertarian assumption that given freedom and tolerance, everyone will rationally and productively pursue their self-interest cannot explain why a starving person would, for example, forgo food in exchange for fentanyl or cocaine. But first off, they're setting up this premise that they're, uh, well, let's even take this on its face. There's a starving person and they're going to forego the food so they can have fentanyl or cocaine, right? Now, you'd also have to talk about the fact that in San Francisco, likely not of not a lot of truly starving people, there will be a way that they will find food. 
you're still not down to the point where someone has to make this life or death decision. I'm not saying that life or death decision doesn't happen. I think someone who is that much addicted could still choose the drug, even if they're going to die of starvation while they're on the drug, I assume. But we're still not dealing in a world where they are literally at the point of, if I get this, I can actually have no food and I will starve to death. That is not what's happening in the United States of America. People point to starvation deaths most of the time. That's old people who have some type of ailment and they can't eat anymore. But anyway, we'll go through that. But the libertarian assumption that if you give people freedom and tolerance, if they can have their individual liberty, right, that they'll rationally and productively pursue their self-interest. By the way, libertarians don't assume that every single person is going to rationally and productively pursue their self-interest. They think that that's the best way to set up society, but that's not even the way that this society is set up because they still have all these backstops in place that take care of people when they don't decide to make those rational and productive choices in their own self-interest. And let's not kid with the fact, I mean, when you're addicted to drugs and whatever it is that you're doing, you're not making rational choices in the first place. You're a little bit too far gone to be making those choices. But this is the libertarian system right now. That's what San Francisco is. It's just been too much libertarianism. Continuing on, some public health advocates in San Francisco believe the city is following the Portuguese model of drug policy in which they imagine all formal and informal sanctions against drug use and dealing are removed, leading addicted people to flood into health and social care services that end their drug problems. These advocates are chasing a myth. Now they think that they're in, they think that they are doing what Portugal does, right? So I want to make sure I'm setting the stage before we continue. Those people who think that, they're chasing a myth. Portugal is in no way a libertarian country. Rather, it's a cohesive, now in saying that they're, that they're in no way a libertarian country, country what they're saying is san francisco is a libertarian city that is what they are dealing with is too much libertarianism and they are you know they don't even argue the fact they say this is the fact right here this is a libertarian city and everything i say will be based on the the premise that this is true people on the left do that a lot Portugal is in no way a libertarian country. Rather, it is a cohesive communal society in which drug use is culturally frowned upon rather than celebrated as a sign of freedom. This is one of the, well, I think a common misconception about libertarians. And I think a lot of people really in the Mises movement have been doing a good job taking some of this on. Um, You can fight for people's right to do drugs and still think that it is wrong to do drugs and that people shouldn't do them. It doesn't mean that those things need to be celebrated. I don't, I don't subscribe to that brand of libertarianism, whichever one that is. I don't celebrate people making what I think are immoral choices or irresponsible choices. I will explain that more later because I did end up writing a bunch to go along with this. When drug-addicted people commit crimes in Portugal... They are sent to a, now they started off right there. Portugal is not a libertarian country because when drug addicted people commit crimes in Portugal, they punish them. Okay, so would a libertarian society. You just said that the drug addicted people in Portugal committed crimes, so they are sent to a dissuasion committee. 
that can apply penalties to those who refuse to seek and stay in addiction treatment. Informally, this is backed up by pressure from family and community for addicted individuals to enter recovery. To truly adopt the Portuguese approach, San Francisco would have to use police to close down the flagrant drug markets and use court authority to mandate addiction treatment more broadly than it currently does. But for this to be effective, such actions require more community support than they have historically garnered in a libertarian city. Once again, in a libertarian city. And what they are talking about are people who commit crimes in Portugal. I'm going to go more more into this later. We're going to get through the article. Whether the city can accept that its libertarianism is preventing an effective response to addiction will shape which of these three possible futures for San Francisco's addiction crisis become a reality. The first is that the culture doesn't change because residents decide that the cost in terms of lives lost is worth it. Just as voters in some regions of the country decide that more COVID deaths are better than vaccine and mask mandates or that mass shootings are preferable to gun control. See, all those things are the same. What San Francisco is doing by allowing people to do drugs, I lump that in with people who think that COVID deaths are better than mandates and that mass shootings are better than gun control. What's it called when you have like three false dichotomies at the same time? I don't know. I don't Trichotomies? Who knows? Someone who's better at wording can answer that one for me. The San Franciscans might decide that overdose deaths and open drug dealing are a reasonable cost to pay for their vision of freedom. The second future is a backlash against drug use and dealing driven by horror at lives, at lost lives, and the other damage inflicted on the safety and well-being of the rest of San Francisco's residents. New York City went through such a backlash in the 1980s when exhausted residents reached the limit of their patience and ushered in a set of policymakers who curtailed individual freedom in the name of cleaning up the streets. Once again, they are talking about New York City's massive crime waves. That who was it? Giuliani came in. This is the folklore. Whoever it is that came in and cleaned up the city, made New York safe again. You see, they just had too much individual freedom out there. That's what individual freedom is. It's your freedom to go out there and kill other people or do drugs and rob people, stuff like that. That's great. The third and best outcome would be for San Francisco to recognize that while celebrating the freedom of rational individuals and tolerating their decisions have merit in many contexts, they're a poor approach to addiction. Public health professionals and law enforcement officials will have to work together, as they do in Portugal, to use a humane mixture of carrots and sticks to guide addicted people into recovery. That's awesome. That's good. That's just good stuff right there from Keith Humphreys over at the San Francisco Chronicle. So at the base of this argument, like I said, it's going to be a quick show today because I'm going to get through what I, the notes I put down on this and we'll have to go because I got to go take care of my wife. She's sick. Okay. At the base of this argument, what I'm seeing is the, the idea that people must be managed. Now they're using it. They're talking about San Francisco and they're talking about the crazy stuff that's going on in San Francisco. And it's really easy for everyone to get on board with that, right? You can't allow this kind of thing. The idea is that People can't be left to make their own choices. You see, San Francisco is the end result of people making their own choices. This is individual freedom, and this is what happens. 
the state must be there to safeguard humans from themselves. So you can use San Francisco and all the craziness that's going on there. You can get people on the right and the left to agree. Well, yeah, yeah. Got to have the state to protect people from themselves. You can't let people have too many rights. You know, I guess libertarianism is really dangerous. I guess the good thing is that, I don't know, someone seems a little scared right now. They feel a little threatened by libertarianism. I don't know. But here's the deal. In a libertarian society, we'll talk about our, it doesn't have to be a libertarian utopia, but if they're going to bring this up and they're going to say that San Francisco is libertarianism, then we're going to push back against it because it's completely ridiculous. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't you wish life came with a user manual? I've needed that a lot. Trust me, stuff goes wrong, even for myself and the other co-host here at Good Morning Liberty. Unfortunately, we don't get that user manual. You just kind of figure it out on your own. Hope you're making the best decisions. Maybe it's a career change or relationship. You could be a new parent. Pretty easy to get stuck. We don't have that user manual, but we do have better help. Therapists can help you figure out that whole stuck feeling, help you build better coping skills and work through those tough decisions. I have done therapy before. Some of the best things I've done in my life, some of the best changes that I've made were because I was talking to a therapist. It was not easy when I did it. It was actually pretty tough. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I am really glad that I did it. It's not about a therapist making decisions for you. It's about becoming a healthy version of yourself so you can make the best decisions on your own. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. Just fill out the brief question there, the match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. Couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash GML. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash GML. If people are infringing on the rights of others, then that's going to be dealt with in a libertarian society, right? Just like when they were talking about Portugal, you break crime, you break the law, you commit crimes, and then they can force you to go to an addiction treatment program or whatever the case may be. We have laws, we have rules, you break them. San Francisco may be a little bit tougher for people to go to jail. You guys know how it's going over there as far as prosecuting crimes goes in areas like that. Super libertarian, right? You infringe on the rights of others. You take away other people's liberty and they're like, you know, what are you going to do? Who knows? That sounds super libertarian to me, right? No, I'm being sarcastic. That doesn't sound libertarian at all. Not to mention the use of funds, which are taken through the use of force against people to provide these safe addiction centers or the harm reduction places that they have. That's not libertarian. Those places might be libertarian because people should have the right to do drugs. And you, if you can go somewhere and buy clean products to do drugs, then that's okay. But not using stolen money to provide that. P private people could do that on private property. They could do that. With my brand of libertarianism anyway. These open drug markets, these drug scenes, the homeless encampments, all those things. That is a public property issue. And what even is public property in the first place? That's supposedly owned by everyone, but it's really owned by the government and controlled by whoever controls the government. The government in a libertarian society doesn't need to own any land except to house a few of the government buildings. And actually, 
I think it might be better if we rented that land to the government. That way they would you know, face the potential of being kicked off if they can't pay their rent or if they do something too bad. Or maybe the government just can't own any land. They can rent it from some private property owner. That'd be an even better idea. So we're dealing with public property here, right? So the libertarian city, this would all be private property. The rights of others are going to be violated by what's going on. And these libertines would be dealt with. That's right. This is not libertarianism. This is libertinism or libertinism, whatever you want to call it. These are often confused. See it quite a bit. The libertines are free thinkers. Sure. They're free thinkers. They're thinking outside the box. They don't want to go with whatever the norms are. One of the most common things that you find when you look up libertine, libertinism, any of that, is a lack of a moral code or compass or direction. Loose morals would be the idea. Now, that can be subjective because someone could say it's immoral to smoke weed and someone else could say, well, it's perfectly moral to smoke weed, you know. So that could be subjective there, but be a lack of a moral clarity. Also, people who seek pleasure in the moment. By the way, a side note, I recommend recommend everyone read this. I like reading the Ayn Rand collections of essays. I don't really like the fiction works, but I do like reading the collections of essays. Those are fun. So the return of the primitive is the one that I'm on right now. There's the, you know, there's capitalism, unknown ideal. There's the virtue of selfishness, things like that. The new one I'm on right now is the return of the primitive. So highly recommend reading that as it talks a lot about people going back to the pleasure-seeking moment, whatever you feel right now, really going back to how you feel as a, as a child, when you throw a fit, when you, when you don't get what you want, and our society is really starting to reward that for everyone as, as, as we grow up. It actually sounds like a book that was written last month, but it's not it's from articles from the, you know, 60 years ago. So libertarians can support a person's right to do drugs, but can also believe that it's wrong to do drugs. And this is where a lot of people listening might disagree with me. Personally, I've made it to the point where I, I, think, it's, I think it's wrong to do drugs, although that's not without some contradictions, right? Like the fact that I'm drinking coffee and Coke Zero right now. Got them right here in caffeine. Very powerful drug, right? So that's what a lot of people say. Well, caffeine's a drug. You know, you have drugs all the time. It just changes what drugs you decide are right or wrong. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll tell you where I draw the line. And this can, this can include anything if it doesn't meet any of these criteria. So does it have an effect on your, on your life? What is the effect on your life? Like, do I miss work because of caffeine? Or do I treat my family terribly and get in terrible fights with people and altercations over stupid things because of caffeine? I guess it's possible if you had too much of it. I don't know. Am I less productive in society, creating less value for people because of the caffeine that's in my Coke Zero right now? Have I placed a burden on my family or my friends around me because of the caffeine that I'm drinking? I think that's a pretty good way to draw a line over what the immorality of the, of the, of the drug 
And Big Gus just said, what has the control, the substance or you? Now, if I stopped drinking all this caffeine, I've, I would feel that a lot and it would have some control. But then again, is it like, is it really affecting my life negatively? Is it affecting other people around me negatively that I'm having this? I get that that's kind of an out when it comes to talking about a drug. Some people can smoke weed and be totally fine. Would have never known that they were smoking weed the whole time. I get it. It's got a lot of medicinal uses. Some people use it as a crutch. They think that they're fine, but they're actually not. They're super annoying and they're doing dumb stuff all the time. I think that there are issues and I think that people end up rationalizing the use of things. Same thing goes with alcohol as well. You guys know that I had my fair share of issues with alcohol that stopped. What day is it? Four and a half years ago. Today, actually, now that we uh, now that we mentioned that, you know, it's a problem when you remember the date. Right. So I made it to that point where I think that it can be immoral to do the drugs. I still support people's right to do them, though. I might try to talk them out of it. I might try to tell them that it's a bad idea. I might try to talk to them about why, you know, why are they doing the drugs? Why are they drinking the alcohol? Why are you drunk all the time? People use drugs and alcohol to hide the truth the way that you really feel. I think it really is getting away from whatever the truth is in that moment, how you actually feel and actually looking at what caused those feelings and trying to solve whatever that problem is. You use the drugs because for that moment, nothing else matters. The whatever problems that you're dealing with, they don't exist anymore. The hurtful things from your past, they don't matter anymore. Addiction isn't even a problem at that point. You are, you're living your best life, your best moment for that moment. And you have no regard for the future or the past. So it's, that's the reason that I think that there's a lot of danger when it comes to drug, drugs and alcohol. You got a lot of problems in your life, right? They need to actually be solved. And it's my responsibility. It's your responsibility to actually solve them. And I don't know that there's a lot of problems that truly get solved by giving away your rational mind. I really don't think, I really don't think that there is. So once again, libertarians can support an individual's right to choose their own demise. But the brand of libertarianism that I'm talking about would not require that others are brought down with them in that process. But that's what happens in places like San Francisco and around the country when the state is placing an undue burden on the taxpayer to subsidize the libertines' bad life choices. So the policies in San Francisco, their taxpayer-supported libertinism or the taxpayer-funded results of leftist compassionism. I'm going to put an ism with it. Leftist compassion. Because... Whatever it is, it's not your fault. We just want to help you. We want to make you feel better. We'll even, you know, let's let's make a clean environment for you to do the drugs. Oh, you're not doing it. You're not doing it wrong. Actually, we need to we need to literally rob that person over there to give you money because you're having a hard time right now. What we're dealing with right now is a result of leftist compassion or taxpayer supported libertinism, but not libertarianism because libertarianism would not be supporting the people. Libertarianism wouldn't have the public property that they've invaded and decided that they own and no one can kick them off of and they can do whatever they want 
in there and you can break whatever laws or commit crimes against others and never get in trouble for it, that's not a libertarian society. That's you trying to make people afraid of what libertarians would bring upon you, which is individual freedom and personal responsibility, right? So, you know, you're, you guys are all free to, to do your drugs and to drink alcohol, sell your body, whatever. You know, that's a thing. But whatever the consequences of those decisions, whatever those are, that's yours. That's yours alone. So whatever they might be, by the way. But I think that if people are left to actually pay the price for their own mistakes, I mean, truly, this whole culture, this drug culture, going to have no choice but to change or it will cease to exist. And that could be kind of a hard lesson as well. We are, I don't want to say incentivizing, but are supporting people's bad decisions. And I guess when it comes down to addiction, you really are incentivizing it, or you're at least not disincentivizing it. And a really big disincentive to some of this is being homeless and dying from an overdose and no longer existing. That is a real result of those decisions. And instead of all of the uh, coddling and the taxpayer-funded harm reduction centers and things like that, not saying you can't do those things, I think people need to know what the real consequences of terrible actions are. Just said, uh, let's see, does that cross over to obesity? Big Gus was talking about. Absolutely, they do. And that, and you know, they... Even the leftists agree with that kind of thing as well, because when they're paying for your health care, we saw arguments about why you should be forced to be vaccinated. And when we're paying for health care, you saw that a lot out of Canada. You see that they want to force some type of health decision on you. You see it when they regulate sugary foods or drinks, things like that, because of the health care system. Yes, people who are obese, by and large... (laughs) are that way because of their own decisions. Not that it's easy to get out of that and not that there aren't genetic conditions, hormone deficiencies or whatever that can cause those problems or physical ailments that can lead that to happen. At the end of the day, no one's one's forcing terrible food in your face and if you could change things if you chose to eat the right way. And yes, people should be left to pay for for that. It's It's not my job to pay for that. But instead, we... I think that the obesity thing is a good point because we have incentivized. See, there's that there's that idea again. It's not that we incentivize it, but we don't disincentivize it. You know, we deal with all this, all the diabetes out there, and I guess you're mainly talking about type two, right? The kind that you can develop and that you can get rid of. And listen, I'm not a healthcare professional or anything, so I can mess up some of that stuff. The, the diabetes that is a result of your diet choices, your diabetes, we, we don't disincentivize it. And we even know that that was a big contributing factor in a lot of people that died from COVID. And we really have this, liber, this libertinism idea, this you can do whatever you want and other people will be forced to pay for it idea when it comes to that as well. And that's the same thing that San Francisco is dealing with right now. It's just gone all the way down to that's where people who are addicted to drugs go. And at some point with the people who are addicted, I get it. 
I can sound kind of harsh right now when it comes to people having to face the consequences because once you get addicted enough, you're not making decisions anymore. You're not. Your rational mind is gone. Your decision-making capabilities are gone. And as my, as someone, <laughs> dang it, I was, as someone close to me is fond of saying, well, I think we're just going to lose a generation until people figure it out. And it's not that what I'm talking about would solve the problem for people right now, but it could show the future generations what happens when you make bad choices. That sounds pretty harsh, but I just want to get the point across that no, San Francisco is not dealing with too much libertarianism at all. So I'm going to leave you all with that. If you have some questions, comments, concerns, send them over to my email. I love getting emails from people and responding back. Actually, I do like talking to people back and forth. Okay, so Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us. For everyone who came and hung out with me today, I greatly appreciate it. I hope everyone's ready for Dome Bleep of the Year. I got to go take care of my family. So I got to get out of here and go do that. I hope everyone else has a great rest of your day. Go to joingmail.com. Go to godhatesfeds.com. Do all those things. If you do that and you share the show, I'll be right back here again tomorrow. Same Liberty time, same Liberty channel. Till then, have a good morning. Liberty.